to get this straight, okay? Because I want to make sure that, that everybody's clear. So you went, you representing the insurance company, went to the policyholder's house, you viewed the damage yourself, you wrote a scope of the damages and estimated the damages, and then you send it in, and then they changed your scope to represent the insurance company's guidelines, and that scope that they represent, they left your name on it, is that correct? Yes, sir. Say what? We're in between episodes of the Diojo podcast, so we wanted to share three things with you. One, what we're working on. Two, what's in the news, which is that meaty clip that you just heard about, uh, uh, independent adjuster being deposed about some shenanigans they witnessed at the insurance company. And then one more tidbit. You have entered the Diojo podcast. Okay, what are we working on here at the Diojo podcast? We're always writing. We're always working on something. But the big thing I want to make sure everyone is aware about because the clock is ticking. Be there. Be square. It's going to be fabulous. Pete Consigli, the Global Restoration Watchdog, and myself are teaming up to put a one-day workshop together. This is called Lessons Learned from Storm Response and Hurricane Recovery. It will be Thursday, January 26, 2023. It will be in person in Naples, Florida. This will be um, right after the Andrew Ask Building Science Symposium, which is on that Tuesday and Wednesday of January. And that uh, is featuring a four-person panel, a historic four-person panel, the pioneers of building science, something that's been... Uh, in the works for a long period of time, obviously we had uh, an interesting three years that interrupted a lot of those plans. So this group of building science pioneers is going to be together and um, and likely may not all be together at the same uh, event again. So if you want a full week's worth of education and networking, Come here and have a lot of fun and gain some education. It's science. It's going to be a very multidisciplinary audience. The week of the 23rd, 4th, 5th, and 6th. In today's world, it's scientific. Great networking, great content. The Andy S. Building Science Symposium, a.k.a. the 2023 winter break. Winter break. Especially in the winter. In Naples, Florida. Because we don't have winter. We have summer. We're there. <laughs> Remember what they say, baby. Winter break. Be there or be square. The Monday prior, Pete and I are working on a meet and greet, a collaboration, the Moisture Mob neighborhood. Um, there's going to be kind of going off a of Mr. Rogers neighborhood, but bringing the um, the old dogs, the old guard, the watchdogs, the Moisture Mob uh, from uh, Restoration's history. They're still obviously part of the present. Um, but uh, together with the up-and-coming restorers, those that have a passion for doing things the right way, that want to know, you know about the history of the industry and, and carrying that forward. So that'll be Monday, January 23rd, kind of the kickoff to the Andrew Asks. So Tuesday, the 24th, and Wednesday, the 25th, we'll be there in Naples at the Hilton for the Andrew Ask. That is separate from the workshop that Pete and I are doing, 
but uh, obviously designed to be in collaboration with each other, um, get the most you can out of the trip, right? Especially if you're coming like I am from cold weather, the weather there in Florida, it's uh, one of the snowbird destination spots. And uh, I've not been to that side of Florida, so I'm looking forward to it. Looking forward to hanging out with Pete and Cliff Zlotnick, Randy Rapp's coming down, Charlie Cassani, um, Ken Larson will be there. We've got um, the agenda posted on the dojo.com webpage, thediojo.com, where you can look at who the list of speakers are and um, the categories there. We have early bird discounts going through the 19th. And um, so again, there is in-person if you want to travel to Florida or plan to be in Florida. There's a one-day workshop, the lessons learned from storm response and hurricane recovery. And then it will also be online, remote. And there's also early bird discounts for that. So whether you want to watch that by yourself or grab the office together and view I think there's going to be a lot of really useful information, especially in conjunction with this series that we've been working on, the RJC versus the AISD, the Robert Jordan Construction versus Arlington Independent School District, where a contractor assisted on a storm loss in 2021 and um, felt they had to sue in order to get their money. But as we've kind of been pulling back the pieces, there's there's definitely some lessons to be learned uh, on both parties and things that maybe could have kept them out of litigation and got them a lot closer to the number that they um, were hoping for. So that's what we're working on. Excited to announce that our best-selling book, How to Suck Less at Estimating Habits for Better Project Outcomes by John Isaacson, The Intentional Restorer, is now available. This is a full color. It's got diagrams. This book is also a course available online through our friends at Restoration Technical Institute, rtilearning.com. This course has six modules which reflect the six chapters in this book. If you sign up for the course, you get a free PDF copy that is designed to correspond with the course. How to suck less at estimating. This book is available on Amazon. It's true. Okay, so this next story, the In the News segment, I believe I heard, first heard of it um, from insurancejournal.com. Independent adjusters charge Florida insurers with doctoring damage estimates. Um, and it shows a clip which appears to be the same person that's in the video we're looking at. Um, but what's interesting as much as contractors often complain about some of the third-party administrators, uh, the insurance adjusters, a lot of the ones that we talk to, complain as well. It's supposed to solve the communication piece, help. Um, it should, in theory, help us get to a quicker, agreed-upon scope and initial cost so that the ball can keep rolling. That doesn't always happen. Um, I would like to be the first to say sometimes that's the program, sometimes that's the carrier, sometimes that's the contractor, sometimes that's the customer. Everybody has a bit of fault in that as we're working with this imperfect process. But what is coming down the pipe or seems to be increasing, um, and I believe, no, the majority of these are related to storms. 
I believe this was testimony before the Florida um, House of Representatives. Um, but there seems to be particular shenanigans anywhere where there's uh, more uh, storm activity. I'm tired of this, Grandpa! That's too damn bad! But uh, the video, they talk about a tile roof estimate where the independent adjuster, a licensed independent adjuster that physically went to the property, assessed the damage themselves on behalf of the insurance company and believed that all or the majority of the roof needed to be replaced. And then the carrier representative or the, uh, I apologize, not the carrier representative, but the program representative, the third party administrator, which many people have brought up. Often these people are not licensed adjusters. They're not licensed public adjusters, but they're implementing guidelines without ever having been to the property and overriding. This is, some of you may not understand, there's captive adjusters, say Allstate. A captive adjuster for Allstate, works for Allstate, has been trained by Allstate, reports to Allstate, usually has quite a bit more authority than an independent adjuster, which in storm scenarios is often what they're hiring. Those are people that are licensed to practice adjusting in that particular state, but they don't have the authority in the sense that uh, they work directly for the company that they're, they're usually sending it to either an estimating house that then sends it to the third party administrator or to the carrier. Um, so they don't always have the authority, but they do have the training and the licensing. And as they talk about in this video, the documentation to support what they believe is the proper extent and remedy for damages. So before I get too far into the weeds, let's let's listen in. So you guys were working these claims. You were visiting with the policyholders. You were looking at their damages, writing their estimates. And um, Sean, why don't you tell us what happened after that? Let me first give credit. I found this on the Hurricane Ian show on YouTube. It says whistleblower insurance adjusters describe fraudulent activity on Hurricane Ian claims. If you're watching the video, the person that we're first viewing straight ahead appears to be attorney Stephen Bush, who uh, is conducting the interviews. There's a gentleman sitting at the left who appears to be the same person um, in the uh, insurance journal article on the front of that article. And then they're interviewing another uh, couple of adjusters on the computer. But this is... Um, this appears to be a video produced by the American Policyholder Association, known as the APA, um, and they um, are policyholder advocates. Okay, so I began uh, submitting the claims, and and as understandable, it took a while for the files to begin being reviewed. I noticed on my first claim that was reviewed was a uh, received a notification that from a um, exact analysis which is the system that runs our estimating system that a file had been quote unquote collaborated and I thought that was odd because usually what happens is that if somebody wants to change an estimate 
um, the reviewer will reach out to us directly, ask us to make changes, and we can discuss if the changes are necessary or not. So I went into the claim, and this claim was a this particular claim was a tile roof uh, with substantial damage to it. Therefore, I estimated to replace the entire uh, roof. However, the the collaboration that the the reviewer changed the estimate to reflect replacing 499 tiles which i thought was really unusual this matching issue i think is going to become more and more of an issue especially if the economy gets tighter i think that's one of the areas insurance companies are going to tighten in because it's it's an area of ambiguity we see matching they mentioned roofing uh, siding, uh, flooring is another big one, cabinets, countertops, those kinds of things. So I think it's important for the contractor to understand their responsibility to present the information accurately, uh, for the carrier to interpret the policy accurately, and the um, policyholder, the insured, uh, to do the best they can to educate themselves and say, well, wait a minute, that's not was it, what was explained to me. Maybe get their agents involved. Um, and if it's really not making sense, then they might have to escalate that further. But this collaboration issue where someone changes your estimate but leaves your name on it, that's, uh, that's definitely potential for getting yourself in trouble. And it's not a line that uh, should be crossed. The changed estimate is no longer my estimate because I didn't change it, right? Um, so obviously I was upset and asked him about it, and, and his response was that, well, they changed the estimates in order to uh, reflect the carrier guidelines. Okay, uh, so, so the company you were working for told you that they were, were changing your estimates so that, that your estimates reflect the carrier's guidelines. Correct. But what about but what about the damage? I completely agree with that implication, right? The damage was uh, was still there. So so I called Mark and I said, Hey, well, you know, have you noticed that? Because he was working with a little bit before I was and he said, Well, let me check and and he checked and the conversation was that they were changing his estimates as well. Wow, what a totally amazing, excellent discovery. Not. And not only that, there's a photo report where we sent in, you know, where we show the damage on the photo report to support what we wrote. Ben and I, you know, we looked at it together actually, and we pulled it up, and sure enough, you know, there were uh, there were changes made to just about all of them. It seemed like. All right, so Ben and Sean, the. Let me get this straight, okay? Because I want to make sure that, that everybody's clear. So you went, you representing the insurance company, went to the policyholder's house. You viewed the damage yourself. You wrote a scope of the damages and estimated the damages. And then you send it in, and then they changed your scope to represent the insurance company's guidelines. And that scope that they represent, they left your name on it. Is that correct? Yes, sir. And then when they left your name on it, the scope that they were presenting to the policyholder did not reflect the proper damages that was sustained from the storm. Is that correct? Correct. Okay, so if this gets your your blood, you know, uh, temperature raising, um, apparently the lawsuit that kicked this off was brought by SFR Services, a South Florida restoration firm. 
and claimed to have text messages from United Desk Adjusters and other company personnel that instructed field adjusters to avoid estimating wind damages altogether, to downplay damages, damage estimates in hundreds of claims, or to add false information. Of course, the uh, representation uh, from Universal said, this is absolutely not the case with Universal, said attorney Travis Miller. The company simply has never in its history had a practice of alterating, manipulating, or doctoring independent adjusters' reports for delivery to insureds. He suggested that the adjusters had confused Universal with United Property and Casualty Insurance, which was the defendant in a lawsuit this year that alleged similar actions by United employees. So, to some degree... I could see the insurance company saying, no, that was the third-party administrator. We weren't aware this was happening, but these are some of these are direct um, lawsuits with the carriers directly. So this is, this is where it gets interesting. Um, a lot of people are saying it's more widespread. Can you prove it? No, but I've had a lot of anecdotal conversations with adjusters about it. So it's a lot of people talking around it. Um, but a federal judge in October dismissed the suit from SFR Services, noting that federal law leaves it to states to regulate the insurance business. A similar suit is now pending in state court in Martin County. So in an article from our friends at um, Claims Pages that links to repairerdrivennews.com, says that two lawsuits, one dismissed and the other pending, have been filed over the issue in Florida. The first was the one we mentioned with SFR Services, a restoration firm out of South Florida. Uh, against United Property and Casualty Insurance. Um, that won the federal court kicked back to the state. Um, but the second um, was Mandel and Vincent are now working with attorney Stephen Bush. That's the video we showed you, who told the Insurance Journal he plans to file a class action lawsuit against property insurers over the allegedly altered adjuster reports. Bush said 21 independent adjusters have come to him and are expected to be part of the lawsuit. Criminal charges may also result, the adjusters told the insurance, journal, uh, the insurance journal. Go get them, guys. A lot of energy, a lot of focus. That will be interesting to keep an eye on for sure. People want to complain about Xactimate. Xactimate! It's terrible! But if we're if we're just punching in this common square foot item, we're not reading the line items. We're not getting input from other people who use the program effectively. You know, then yeah, we're gonna be $147. If this were the only room, I can't send somebody there for $147 and you'd be right. You know, I can't even send them there for $186. And of course, with uh, Restoration Technical Institute, better claims outcomes through better mindset and habits for estimating insurance claims. And out of that course, there'll be uh, a book to accompany the course. So if you're keeping track, our common square foot drywall estimate is 147.20. Our common linear foot drywall repair estimate is 202.08. And the current program one that we just did was 301.16. So even program work sometimes beats some of y'all <laughs> writing crappy, crappy estimate. estimate. What you're doing is terrific. This yeah. 
how uh, the Diojo podcast. podcast folks should be listening to you. But if you're a contractor, this case is one to watch. In my mind, that roofing scenario that the independent adjuster brought up in the video um, is kind of one that's been on my radar. We've been preparing our team, and uh, I've been thinking through how to um, cross that bridge when we come to it with insureds. Um, because if the insurance company, if it's in the policy and that's what they signed up for, there's not a lot to say about that. If it's ambiguous, uh, there's going to be issues um, as they tighten the grip. So that's our one more tidbit. We're going to look a little bit at matching and talk to you about some clips that are coming up uh, later this year. Um, and the video, the whistleblower video, if uh, insured is particularly having in issues with their insurance company, um, you know, that might be one to share. I think you could be playing with fire just because someone, you know, doesn't like a line item that you used or doesn't completely agree with your scope doesn't mean that they're in bad faith or committing fraud. So I hope those that are listening will take this, you know, in the broader picture. I think there's instances and customers where this might be relevant, um, but, uh, you know, something to, to understand, you know, I do not consent to collaboration. You know, if you're changing the estimate, it's now your estimate. You need to put your name on it, um, not mine. And uh, I think insureds, policyholders, and contractors probably need will be needing to ask more questions. Can you please clarify in the policy where it states that that's your position on matching? And um, I think that's if, again, I think in my personal opinion, tied to the economy, if it continues to go down, that's going to be an area where they sharpen their pencils. Yeah, I mean, like I sent you that file, I mean, if there's no match to say, I don't see why they wouldn't start trending that direction. Yeah. And if they're trying to cut corners or cut costs, um, what was reported to me is that us as uh, basically vendors are being wrenched on to, if we want more work, then you got to follow their new guidelines. This is something that we'll include in a later episode, but this is a conversation an independent adjuster reached out to the DOJO podcast here locally on the West Coast, just so you can't just say, well, that's just a Florida thing. Um, so here's a small clip. We've distorted the voice to protect uh, the innocent. Our guidelines are basically designed to cut costs. Yeah. And so as a third party, you know, if you want business, you got to do their bidding. But to make a point, the finger back at us is uh, the ones choosing to write the estimates the way they are. So yeah, it's, it's hard as an independent. We're not, we don't really have any control over what we adjust. Otherwise, if we, if we write anything outside of the box, it will be rejected. So we're trained to write inside the box. And when they change the box, we're forced to um, write stuff that we may not agree with. Or stuff that's traditionally been covered, right, by most policies. Exactly. But understanding what matching is as it relates to that particular policy, if the policy doesn't spell it out, 
that ambiguity should fall to the policyholder. Um, so we recorded with uh, Bill Wilson, read the full policy, uh, when Worlds Collide author and uh, David Princeton from Advocate Claim Service. So we'll get that out um, later this coming year. Placement cost has to mean something more than just putting a new shingle in, right? And, you know, now we have repairability standards and other things, right? Things have evolved as they've gotten more complicated. But like that patchwork roof, let's say it's an acceptable repair, but that's where they said, no, replacement cost, you got you to gotta put it all back because you're restoring the value, restoring the loss of that value um, to that property. So, so that's kind of the, the framework that I look at these things is I look at that principle of indemnity and that contrast between actual cash value and replacement cost, right? And if I have a replacement cost policy and not an actual cash value policy, that's where I look at like, well, your promise has to be broader. That it's kind of it's kind of like the um, well, if in, in insurance one hundred one, if you if you look up if you ever took like INS twenty one, mm -hmm. it'll say what is a loss, and it'll, the the answer the definition is a loss is a reduction in value. Uh -huh. value can mean many things and when we think of value it includes you know the cost to rebuild replace it includes the market value and exactly what you're talking about and you know in auto insurance the the concept is diminished value yeah. that uh that a car that's been wrecked even if it's rebuilt perfectly is less still worth less than a car that's never been wrecked even though functionality appearance everything is identical it's that mental perception that people have of a willing buyer and seller that it's not worth what it would have been if it wasn't wasn't wrecked so every insurance company puts a provision in the policy we don't cover diminished value you can even if you have a few shingles replace the whole roof but it's going to cost you. So is everybody willing to pay double the premium to have that coverage? And if so, well, why not provide it? With a live mic and at the speed of light, with a hearty, flame your dang learning curve of restorers. With his dedicated guests from many industries. The Diojo. By restorers. The daring and yet resourceful mass ninja of the airways. Podcast. Podcast. Leads a fight for fair, reasonable, and customary claims for all of us to learn from. Annoying but helpful. You have entered the Diojo Podcast. Last episode of the Diojo Podcast, we talked about two court cases, one where the contractor did well in understanding the agreement and uh, documenting what they did and prevailed in court. The other is the one that we've been talking about at length, um, RJC versus AISD, where it's a lot more ambiguous and it caused a lot more problems. So we're going from those two litigation scenarios back into our RJC discussion, and we're going to be reviewing particularly how that relates to data for uh, moisture documentation. Um, so moisture mapping, some moisture strat. We're going to do some moisture mapping with Josh Winton. We're going to do some moisture strategies with Cliff Slotnick, the Z-Man. And then we're also going to talk um, how that intersects with your agreement and lack of documentation again with Bebo Crane. So what did we learn today? We talked about 
this opportunity to meet many of the characters that we talked to on the podcast in Florida, Naples, that fourth week of January. Uh, in particular, we have our one-day workshop, Lessons Learned from Storm Response and Hurricane Recovery, Thursday, January 26th. If you're down in Florida or want to come to Florida, visit with us on that day, or you can join us via Zoom. Please get registered so we know how many people to prepare for, and uh, you can get your early bird discounts. Then we had this very interesting whistleblower case where independent adjusters are, um, it sounds like at least 21 of them have agreed to be a part of this class action lawsuit against insurance carriers that are <laughs> manipulating their estimates. Um, so there's uh, a lot to keep our eyes out there. Um, and and uh, learn from and educate our customers with. And then this final tidbit, something that's uh, got my ears perked up, the matching issue um, as it relates to, you know, what makes a customer whole and how specific that is in the policy. So go ye forth and do good. Uh, we're here to help you shorten your dang learning curve, and hopefully we've done that today. This is the stupidest thing I've ever heard.